Oh, damn it. <sighs> A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we have our first reactions to Doctor Strange. Spooky Strange. Ooh, the Defenders cast grows larger by the second. Tick tock, tick tock. More Deadpool Fallout. Aww. And more. And more. It's been a it's been an interesting weekend. It's always there's always always a different uh, fever uh, in the air when uh, a Marvel movie comes out. And I hope one day soon we we have a sort of a same reaction when it comes to DC because I always love it when like you know Thursday night starts to creep up. I had uh, some people at the office this week that were uh, planning to go see it on Friday, and I was just like, oh, I don't even think I could wait an extra 24 hours because I don't want to get anything spoiled. I want to see it as soon as possible. So there's always there's just a little bit more pep in my step in, you know, in a week like that. How about you? Yeah, I'd say I'd say a little bit more like I, I the the week is less harsh whenever you're looking for that Thursday night screening mm-hmm. because Friday you're still riding that high. And um, I, I definitely I definitely felt it this week. But I mean, it's also, you know, new time like time has changed this week you know as of today <laughs> but i was like man it's getting darker earlier so i'm getting that you know that winter feeling like falls almost over winter's on its way kind of kind of vibe as well so yeah. i'm like uh how do i really feel about november i have mixed feelings <laughs> i mean lately. it's like the uh the, the line separating fall and winter is just so muddled i never really understand what you know ends and starts where like Growing up back in Indiana, November to me, when I thought about November outside of November, I always that always felt like the winter to me mm-hmm. because I always I always rem- I remember like snowy blizzard days in November, even on Thanksgiving. And then technically, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, you know, you start the holiday shopping season and you can't not associate winter with that. So like when some people were saying like, oh, it's still fall this month, it's not. I'm just, I don't even know what to think, especially out here in the weather in Southern California. It's basically always like summer and uh spring at the same time so i don't really know how to feel but uh i guess well, you're not I, you're not too far off from us it was 91 last week and ooh. it today and yesterday are the first days i've noticed the the, the fallen leaf smell you know the uh-huh. smell of fallen leaves so I, I say fall is moving into november right now so i just hate <laughs> to see what kind of january february snow this is gonna bring i was uh i don't remember the exactly where this interaction took place but i was talking to somebody i don't know if it was like a a waitress or maybe someone at a checkout machine or something but um it, it came up that we that we came we we're like born and raised in the midwest and uh we were out here and they're just like oh back oh you're from indiana oh it's is the fall leaves are out there right now like how exciting and i just thought like oh yeah i guess you know people that you know live on the live in these climate out here you know they don't really understand what changing leaves are like and it's just like yeah they can be pretty but like i only ever remember my dad fighting with the leaves growing up like they're pretty Mm -hmm. once they change but then they start to fall and you gotta rake them up or you gotta mow them up and take care of them then you get angry at your neighbor because you're getting your neighbor's 
rose leaves blowing over on your lawn. It was just like, you people don't see the negative side of these pretty falling leaves. Yeah, well, they always they always want what they can't have until they get rain. <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, and we that, want rain. That's what we want. You want rain. Well, we <laughs> we have rain and, and fog and windfall and all sorts of crazy weather here. But um, you learned a valuable life lesson today. You did your first big boy thing with a car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to say my first big boy I, thing. I know, but, but you, uh, you, learned, you, you learned a skill that I think a lot of our listeners, yeah. if they don't know, should know. Yes, I, I, learned, I learned a skill that I haven't needed to use yet. It's very simple. It's just replacing a car battery. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we had a battery just die on us just uh, while we were in a parking lot. So we, we had some fun yesterday trying to get, get a car back home. So, But, yeah, it was kind of cool. My, my dad prepared me very, very well growing up back home because he did all of our car maintenance. Saved us probably thousands of dollars in trips to mechanics over the years. So me being the creative, nerdy video game type, I did not – much of it rubbed off on me unfortunately because my grandfather was a mechanic even he was a mechanic like in world war ii so i feel like the the knowledge kind of is not trickling down as as much uh but i i successfully did it i mean i had youtube help me out you know because i had some of these felt washers and like anti-corrosion like paste i was like oh i gotta make sure i put this stuff in the right order i've never done it before but things are successful uh uh the car starts so we're good I'll be able to drive myself to Star Wars Rogue One come December. <laughs> wow. I mean, you, you totally skipped over the Harry Potter movie in between here and there, Mike. Oh, so. I'm not, I, uh, we we got to – I mean, we'll have to talk about that, uh, I, as they say, offline. But I'm going to be out of the, the country, literally, when that movie comes out. So we'll have to see if we can fit something in. I'm sure our listeners will be looking forward to that spoiler cast. Yeah, you're going to have to take your microphone with you, and we're just going to have to do it on the on the fly. Yeah, I don't know about that, but we'll see. No. Oh, well. Well, well. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But now let's talk about what people really want, Mike. They want to know what we thought of Doctor Strange that Ooh, came out this yeah. week. Oh, yeah. So we're not gonna we're not gonna give any spoilers away. We're just gonna give you initial impressions of what we thought about the movie. And if you want to check out our full spoiler review, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And this mm-hmm. will pop up in your feed either ahead or next. I don't really know. It depends on whatever order you decide to to publish this in on your end, Mister Podcast Producer. So yes. well, with will, the, with that, our technical issues today, who knows when that's gonna be? <laughs> yeah. So you'll have all the uh, all the spoilers you could possibly have in that podcast all nice and uh, uh, siloed off but uh yeah initial impressions uh i, I kind of want to know uh, what you thought how was your movie going experience how did you digest dr strange did you see it in 3d imax what's the deal what's your recipe for seeing dr strange so uh, as I, as i probably overstated this week i have seen this movie in imax 3d uh-huh. and i saw it thursday at 7 p.m which was surprising they didn't have like a 6 p.m. showing. But I did get my my, my 7 with a, um, assigned seats. I guess you pick your seats. And, and I was the first one to buy it like a month ago. So we were right mm-hmm. in the middle. Ideal location for this IMAX 3D. And, um, I you know, honestly, other than that, I didn't. I had a really good time with the audience. They didn't bother me as much as many other movies have. That's all you can ask for to be Re- just yeah. <laughs> <the> neutral. <laughs> just leave me alone and don't get on. Don't be on your phone. Like that's yeah. that's all I wanted in that. I definitely think was probably the best movie going experience I've had in a while, uh, in terms of, of pre pre movie uh, watching. So, awesome big point for that. What? How was yours, Mike? Where did you where did you choose to go and see? 
Well, we went to our uh, our, our normal uh, theater where we have our luxury uh, reclining seats, but I've started to discover, I think these seats may be comfy, but they put me in some sort of position where I feel like I have to go to the bathroom more than I would like to. So uh, I had to scope out uh, a part in this movie to run to the restroom. So I kind of had to look for one of those more mellow character developing moments where two characters are just talking to each other. I'm just like, okay, looks like they got a couple lines of dialogue to get out before anything crazy happens. I'm going to run to the bathroom room so mm-hmm. i might have to rethink this uh, luxury lounging um situation if anybody else out there has those kind of recliner theaters let me know if it does anything like weird to your bladder i i don't i can't explain it just because like i'm tired of getting up and going to the bathroom maybe i'm just getting old maybe i got something going on wrong i don't know this might this might this might be a whole nother thing but anyway um well it was a good before, it was a before, good movie going experience good before you we go on too further there's an app i use it's called run p Oh, and I think I've heard of that. It tells you uh, at points in the movie, like when you sh- when's the best time to go, and maybe what you may have missed in that minute or two. Mm, smart. Um, I use it mostly because it tells you if there are after credit scenes, if you're unsure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So movies I don't look into before I go into uh, and, and see. I, I check to make sure on this app before I get up and leave. Is there in credit scenes? No. I'm double checked. I can leave. But for those who need to use the bathroom, you can actually set a timer on it, and it'll buzz in your pocket whenever you. need it's a good time to go. Well, smart. I so. was able to uh, successfully av- avoid any sort of reviews or initial impressions from any anything out there. We talked a, a couple weeks ago on the podcast about how uh, after credit scenes may have leaked and those might have been out online. So I, I went in very, very clean. This is like the kind of like the exact situation that I'm looking for when I go into a movie. So um, I saw it in regular 2D, which is which is my go-to usually. I saw it at 7 p.m. like you did, but in a different time zone. Uh, so it was a positive movie-going experience. So I'm, I'm glad to say nothing really uh, hindered on my experience with Doctor Strange. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, the question is, Mike, what did you think of the movie? So uh, I think I think a lot of people are going to uh, talk about this movie in two different categories, rightfully so. First category is that everyone's going to say this movie is beautiful to look at. I mean, strip away mm-hmm. any sort of a story, dialogue, plot, like structure, arc, you know, it doesn't even really matter. It just it, it, very, very impressive. And you can see all the work that went into it where I don't know if anybody's done any comparison, but when you look, when you watch the credits and see how many VFX houses worked on this movie and how many visual digital artists are credited on this movie it's astounding like mm-hmm. there's literally there's literally i think three or four times where the entire screen is just a giant center aligned paragraph of names of like four or five different times like the screen is full up of all these people that worked on this movie and they did an amazing job like uh, i these visual effects look like you're looking through like a, a kaleidoscope and you're tracking somebody running through the the amazement like i love the way that they they choreographed kind of the spells and how they worked that into um making it believable like uh i kind of like the the way that they showed magic with this kind of it's like a spark that kind of went through the air and they could make little like strings and whips with it i thought that was beautiful um I can't even imagine how they organized all of these shots in their head. I'm sure the storyboard artist on this movie was overworked, and he probably had a great time uh, laying out these shots. I mean, I, there's people running upside down and left and right, and there's there's like buildings being distorted. It's just it's beautiful. Like it's it makes amazing. an M.C. Escher painting look tame. 
Oh yeah, I mean it was amazing. And then on top of that, you have like the the psychedelic portions of the movie where there's where you're not really experiencing like a fight scene or a chase scene. It's more of like an experience, like a physical emotional experience that they're going through like dimensions and stuff. And it's just trippy. It's kind of like when Spencer's used to have like the black light section in the back of their store with like the weird like neon stuff on the wall. And or you or you go over to a friend's house and it have like some sort of weird like poster that was like felt like like have you ever seen those posters that like had those felt sections but they would like mm-hmm. they were like glow in the dark and stuff i felt like i was wrapped in the poster so yeah, yeah, those, those black light posters <laughs> yeah so visually this movie's a 10 out of 10 uh for sure i had such a great time like uh it it, it goes to show you why everyone's saying see this in 3d imax just because i and i think that would be great like i think i definitely want to see this movie again in 3d imax i think it'd be worth the ticket price um, i i agree i mean again there are times like when you see the regular footage it doesn't fill the whole screen there's mm-hmm. blanks at the top and bottom where you can still see the screen and when it goes to full imax it is overwhelming in such <laughs> a great way so i agree when you say that people will say this is the most visually I I, I use the word arresting. You're captivated. You're enthralled. You you feel like you're experiencing this movie, and I I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and and I'm really excited to see what will happen in the future when Doctor Strange starts to team up with uh, normal characters, and I want to see kind of how his magic pairs up against you know villains that maybe aren't magical. I think that'll be a fun kind of contrast. Um, So you know you you put all you put all the visual stuff aside, put all that uh, fantastical stuff aside, and you're you know you're left with the story. I would say you're you're left with a definitely an above average uh, Marvel Mm -hmm. story. Um, I don't I, I I like the way that they kind of of structured structured the third act a little differently than most of these stories you know you're not necessarily going to get anything like a sky beam like we see in all these movies but marvel's usually been pretty good staying away from sky beams so you don't have to worry about that um but uh i i think the 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 villain is underwhelming uh this time around but at this point you kind of get used to marvel movies kind of like throwing the villain away like the 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 motivations are a little different this time around uh but you you still just kind of feel like uh you're not really sad to see him go you kind of almost want to fall in love with the villain a little bit before they get uh taken out um and well whether they were or not it's kind of left uh, up in the air a little bit uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, there, there's there's no uh, there's no moments in the movie where like I'm rolling my eyes or going like, oh god, why did they say that? I love the I love the way Benedict Cumberbatch um, played Doctor Strange. I was really happy to find out that I fell in love with his American accent very well. He sounds a lot like Doctor House when Hugh Laurie does an American accent. So I thought that worked really really well. His character reminded me a lot of uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, mm-hmm. playing Iron Man. I kind of like that uh, little, the, the arrogance in there. He had like dimensions to his personality is a little bit of, um, he's a little bit of an arrogant dude. I thought that worked really, really well. I was almost thinking like, hey, you know, if if this Marvel Universe didn't kick off with Iron Man, you know, back in the day, maybe it could have kicked off with Doctor Strange just fine. So I thought that was, I think that says a lot about the movie that, you know, when I was watching this, I was thinking about Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie. And I think that's a really big compliment to give, but I'll get more and more into the spoiler cast about maybe some of the things I wish the movie did a little bit differently, but uh, this is definitely another strong addition. I I think um, uh, I would put it, I would think I would put it above Ant-Man. I was just kind of thinking <laughs> Ant-Man when I was watching the movie just because Ant-Man was kind of the last fa- the last 
newest origin movie we had had um, for a single character. So I was kind of comparing it a little bit to that in my head. And I I think I enjoyed it more than Ant-Man. Yeah, I'm going to have to say I I enjoy this movie. I like it. I've seen it once, which is saying something. I haven't had time to go see it a second time, which I really think Uh I need to. Because I enjoy it, but I'm not totally in love with it because Mm -hmm. of what you said. The Iron Man parallel. This is if you watch this beside Iron Man, it would beat for beat be the same movie. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you I, you know, except for the ending. The ending was different. It was very clever. Uh, third act, um, more, but not like Iron Man. But I think everything up leading that is he is a replacement for Robert Downey Jr. Is what I kept thinking in my head. Mm-hmm. When when he's gone, who's gonna who's gonna be the front man of the Marvel movies? And I think Doctor Strange is is that person. So I really like it. I like what it does. Um, but I am just, I, I feel like it's, it's just kind of, it's a safe movie. They play it very safe in this film and I really wanted them to go a little wilder, um, I guess, or a little, little more different than, than rehashing Iron Man one. Yeah. And, and all, and also if you got around to watching the animated Dr. Strange movie, it was also an origin story Mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't want to change the origin story for your character too much just because you don't, you know, you don't want to, uh, really change the core of the, of the character. But yeah, I mean, if you watch the animated movie or you kind of just knew the origin of Dr. Strange, you kind of knew kind of where the movie was going to be going generally. So yeah, there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of surprise here if you kind of know that stuff, but anyone that I, it's going to be hard for anyone not to recommend this movie. Right. It's it's very, it's very enjoyable. You're not going to have a bad time. uh, That's for sure. But I'm, I'm compared to the other movie from Marvel this year, civil war, civil war blew me away. It made me feel, it made me, you know, rethink Marvel. Uh-huh. This didn't really make me rethink Marvel or feel too bad. Yeah. Um, but the thing with Doctor Strange is it, it may not be exciting to me right now, but what's the most exciting part is what does this set up for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh-huh. And that's where it has me hooked. That is where I, like, it, I applaud the things that this sets up going forward and how that may affect the rest of phase three and phase four, it's going to, it's going to be in a totally different landscape, I think because of Dr. Strange. Uh-huh. So that's, that's right. I give it, I, I, again, we recommend it. We obviously do. Um, but above, above Ant-Man. So if you enjoy Ant-Man, you're going to love this, but probably not as, um, not as good as to me as it was as civil war was. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would say a top three for me. That's about as far as I'll go with ranking my Marvel movies. I think I can, pick there, my there are 14 three. of them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a little bit too much work for me to kind of organize all of them, but I don't think this quite cracks my top three. But I mean, it, it's still it's still an awesome time. I mean, visually, I think it's in my number one. So yeah. so you can you can definitely go and just have a good time just just on that that aspect alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a good time. Stay through the credits. Uh, it, it it gets it's really good. Um, also, a couple fun facts. This is the 14th number one Marvel release. So, 14 for 14. Not I guess surprised. that's not too bad. Um, <laughs> I, well, I was really more surprised with The Incredible Hulk, actually. It would be the <laughs> one they, they got me. Um, and then uh, this has made, as of right now, $325 million uh, worldwide, which uh, was way over the estimates they thought it was going to be. So That's awesome. That's um, awesome. It, it's, it's looking to make some money. I mean, it's, it's a Marvel surefire success, so... That that's that's great. Now, one thing I did enjoy in this movie, Mike, was listening to the music. Uh huh. And I have great news for Spider-Man: Homecoming. The composer Michael Giacchino will score Spider-Man: Homecoming as well. All right. <laughs> so cool. 
I think I think I mean I really like you could hear the Western twang in in that movie in Doctor Strange and or I guess Eastern twang not Western and <laughs> I, I don't know if he's gonna do that in Homecoming but Giacchino has done you know a bunch of Pixar films The Incredibles um, Inside Out so on and so forth so I'm really looking forward to doing that, him doing that as well. Cool. That's awesome. I love getting Spider-Man Homecoming news no matter what it is because I'm hoping we get some footage soon. Yes. Did you have anything else about Doctor Strange you want to say? I'm sorry to cut no, you off. No, I mean, that that's fine. We I think we went on uh, pretty long for just an initial uh, uh, impression, but yeah, we'll, we'll have more to talk about in the spoiler cast. Yeah, for sure. Listen to our spoiler cast, so there we go. Uh, moving up next year, uh, this time next year, we'll be waiting in line for Thor Ragnarok, Mike. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this, believe it or not. And um, there's been some, some questions uh, lately. Is Hela, uh, played by Kate Blanchett, Marvel's replacement for Mistress Death, in the cinematic universe. Um, oh, maybe. Kev- Kevin Feige gave a very generic answer. Like, comic, knowing comic books is good for people, but we're also going to change things up. And I'm like, that is not answer this question at all. <laughs> so my guess is if he doesn't have um, an answer or, you know, something a little more teasefully, I don't think she is. Mm. I think well- death is still in there, but... Yeah, I mean, well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too crazy. I mean, do we I'm curious if they're going to give a love interest to Thanos when we eventually get him front and center in the Marvel universe. I mean, in the in the Infinity uh in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, you know, he was motivated by that love story of literally falling in love with death. Um so I'm curious if they're going to make that still his main motivation or not. And you know, Kate Blanchett. Maybe that will be. Maybe that'll be his motivation. Maybe it'll be kind of a little bit too confusing on the universe as a whole if you kind of have two characters who kind of personify the idea of the afterlife and like hell and death. So it might make things a little simpler. It might depending on how they handle Hella, since Hella is technically as guardian death. Mm-hmm. Um, that is Valhalla, uh, but also they've already teased the, that concept of death because uh, there's these four concepts: death, infinity. Um, entropy and there's a fourth one they all they all work together like they are all like balance the universe out mm-hmm. and um, the, the, the image of them was actually in the guardians of the galaxy um, in the room where he stole the orb from yeah at the beginning so if the infinity stones are tied to these four concepts of being personified already they might do it uh, but there we honestly have no clue and I'm okay with that I didn't need an answer. Like, <laughs> I, I I can wait. I guess a year and a half before before we find out. That's that's a lot sooner than I thought I'd ever say for Infinity War. Oh yeah, coming to screen. I'm excited. Um, it's another update on Marvel's Inhumans actually from Kevin Feige this week. Uh, he again kind of gave a, an indefinite answer here, saying <laughs> you know they could be in Phase Four. It's not a me- question of. If we're doing them, it's more of a question of when can we do them. And yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I almost feel like I'm starting to give credence to the idea you had the other week, where maybe they might be able to get mutants back into the fold somehow. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, all these other studios are seeing how well Marvel's doing. I mean, that Spider-Man Homecoming movie is going to come out and make tons of money, and the Fox is going to be like, "Hey, everybody, did we saw we saw the 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 check that Sony got out of this? Maybe we can just bring it all together." Um, you know, maybe, I mean, obviously I don't think the superhero movies need to compete, but I mean, maybe Marvel as a whole, maybe we'll get a little bit more competition from DC as a whole. And maybe, maybe they'll want to combine forces, you know, to, to win the box office. So yeah, I mean, and humans kind of, 
they kind of are being treated as mutants right now on shield so mm -hmm. um who knows what's going to happen here yeah, so definitely, um, I, I I'm pulling for the Inhumans, but they're also in Shield. What can they What can they do with that? Seeing that they've already existed, mm -hmm. um, they could totally ignore it completely and and use these uh, Royal Inhumans as an example. After you know Captain Marvel and more Kree are introduced later on, I don't know. I I always want to see Inhumans, but if it means no Inhumans means we get X Men, I am okay with this. So. <laughs> Um, well, I, I guess that's, we'll just that, have to play that's by coming ear. from the biggest Black Bolt fan that I know. So that's yeah. that's a hey. that's a, a big endorsement. Uh, first, the first Marvel set of pops in 2017 is actually Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Black Bolt are in the Ooh, in the first order coming nice. 2017. So I'm really excited to add that to my pop collection. Hopefully. You're going to need to get Nobody's... some shelving. You're going to need to invest in some shelving or something, it, man. I, I need to invest in something because maybe <laughs> Funko should invest in me. That's that's really yeah, what I'm saying. There you go. I do, a, I do a pop podcast. A popcast. 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 <laughs> oh, well. Speaking of Luke Cage and Iron Fist, the Defenders has started filming already. Ooh, yes. So I'm really I'm really stoked to actually... Uh, there's been some some footage shown um, with Jessica Jones and Misty Knight meeting on the streets. Uh, I don't have the image in our notes, but I will get it later. I think it was copyrighted. Um, mm -hmm. I, and um, but Misty Knight is pointing the gun at Jessica Jones, who's obviously been beat up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So they're um, I don't know if they're fighting. Um, if she walked in on them during a fight, but they're definitely. Um, something going on there so they're filming out in the open in new york it looks like a nighttime scene i've got the link to the image now for you mike uh you're you're really just gonna maybe feel underwhelmed at this all right yeah pretty underwhelmed <laughs> so, but missy knight jessica jones meet up there we go boom however the biggest thing was a iron fist teaser shows us our first footage of iron fist or the defender teaser shows our first footage of iron fist and confirming colleen wing is coming to the defenders Mm-hmm. So um, when you watch this, uh, you kind of, like, it's from the Defenders Twitter feed saying, you know, the Defenders. But I definitely think this is footage from Iron Fist that they're just including in here to show Colleen Wing is coming to the Defenders. Yeah. We've not even met yet. So... Well yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. I think we're going to get, like, side characters from each individual show in The Defenders. Like, we're going to mm -hmm. see Foggy in The Defenders somehow. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Oh, man, do you know how many other characters? I got six more characters <laughs> confirmed right here for you, Mike. Hell, yeah, bring it on. We got Jerry Hogarth, played by Carrie Ann Moss and Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. yep. Foggy Nelson. Yeah, there we go. You called it. Malcolm, uh, the uh, drugged-up Jessica Jones neighbor. Man, that guy, that guy was cool. He had some awesome hair. He he did. He he was a very good character throughout throughout that series. Uh, Claire uh -huh. Temple, of course, Rosario Dawson's coming back. She's been in every series uh -huh. so far. Stick is coming back for the Defenders. Oh, for uh, sure. No surprise there. And Patsy Walker, uh, played by Rachel Taylor, uh, yeah, is get coming some back. Get some Hellcat maybe in there. Uh, I I, th I think Stick is going to play the biggest role in the Defenders for sure. I think he's going to kind of be the the guy who's telling the Defenders that you know there's a there's a threat coming and he's going to be the voice of reason of you know we need to stop this or you know the entire city's in danger. So I think Stick's going to play a very big role. Yeah, and, and he definitely in I think it was the first season of Daredevil even went back to the the guy I think it was Stone. Uh, yeah, with the smoke I going so on, too. I think he is going to be the the thread through all this as well. Like, 
And uh, if he doesn't make it out, I wouldn't be surprised either. So. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, yeah, I'm not really surprised. But, you know, for eight episodes, all these characters, I mean, we're getting essentially Infinity War in the TV realm before we get Infinity War in the movie realm. Oh, you know I'm excited. 2017, I'm opening arms for you. Yes. Oh, it's a, it's a great time to be listening to our show. That's for sure. <laughs> we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about another Disney property we've mentioned before. Uh, Beauty and the Beast uh, is coming out, live action gallery. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've got some images confirming the looks of the Beast in this. Um, being as you're the CGI um, judge, what what do you think <laughs> of the Beast being very CGI? I mean, it's kind of actually hard to say. It, it, it almost looks like maybe it's a, a mixture of, I don't know if he's all CGI, if there's a mixture of practical in there somewhere. But it, at least from what I'm seeing right now, he seems to fit in the scenes that he occupies pretty well. So mm-hmm. um, they, they found a way to give the beast kind of a um, like a bit of a friendly face. You know, it doesn't actually look like somebody that's literally going to kill you if you're in a room with him at any point in time. You know, he looks pretty debonair with his uh, suit and whatnot. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, um, uh, I think this movie could be could be fun. Actually, I, I'm not a big I'm not saying I'm not uh, uh, not a fan of Disney cartoons, but I just didn't watch them a lot growing up. They mm. always seemed something that the gir- that girls always watched, and I wanted to watch like the cartoons on like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and stuff. While you know VCRs were getting wearing down, like Beauty and the Beast tapes and stuff like that. But I, I've seen Beauty and the Beast quite a few times actually, so maybe this will resonate with me a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, of all of these live action ones, I think this is the one I'm probably most interested to see because. It's a lot of live action and a lot of CG stuff I want to see. I want to see, you know, Lumiere and Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts come to life in their little, like, shape forms, as you can see here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even better that that's, you know, in McKellen, Ewan McGregor, and Emma, Emma uh, not Emma Stone, Emma Thompson. Watson? Emma Thompson. Oh, okay. Emma Watson's a character. There's Bell. two. There's two Emmas in this movie. Yeah, Emma Thompson uh, is from it's Trelawney in, in the Harry Potter universe she's a british actress all over the place mm-hmm. um so i'm interested to see those and uh again we can see josh gad and i believe that's not luke evans but uh what is his name yeah it's luke evans as uh, uh i can't think of his name i'm horrible at this game gaston gaston there we right? go mm-hmm. gaston so i'm actually interested to see this movie more so than any other live action disney reboot simply because of the, the cast and the quality of it so far i think yeah. they finally got past the demo stages and they're like, all right, we can do this. Let's have some fun and make it look good. Mm-hmm. And also, The Beast is played, again, by Dan Stevens, who is Legion in the upcoming FX TV series. Ooh, so, if only we had Legion news that we could segue into. <laughs> if only we did. But that's okay, because we've got Emma Watson, who was in Harry Potter, and we have Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them news, which yeah, is Harry Potter Fantastic prequel. Fantastic Beasts. Yes, very fantastic. Fantastical. Um, the sequels have cast Johnny Depp in a mysterious role. Ooh, yeah, I've I've heard some pretty uh, wild statements of what they think Johnny Depp could be playing. Um, I, it looks like you have one of the theories down here, which is yes. Grindelwald, which I believe was considered maybe Dumbledore's lover. I I think is does that sound right? Yeah, like that's what it was confirmed after the fact. But in the movies, he was the head of like the Dark Wizards during the the Wizarding War of like the mid you know nineteen hundreds. Um, so I think we, we've talked about the movies leading towards this wizarding war at, at uh-huh. the end of these movies. Because you can only do, oh my gosh, my beast escaped my suitcase 
so many <laughs> times out of five movies. So I think they're leading towards a Harry Potter like history, like up to the Wizard War, and having yeah. him as the character opposite Albus Dumbledore, whoever they cast for the young version of him, to um, battle it out at the end would be very, very well thought out. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, even uh, th- this movie looks like it's taking place in, like, what, the 50s? No, not the 50s. The it's um, 20s. 20s, that's right. Uh, sorry, yeah, that was totally off. But, yeah, I don't know if, uh, I mean, Dumbledore's like an old-ass dude, so even if you take him back to the 20s, I don't even know if you can cast him younger. And I'm not really, I don't really know where this franchise is going. It's really hard to say since we haven't seen the first movie mm-hmm. yet. Like, is it going to be just called Fantastic Beasts and and now we have found them and the fast <laughs> fantastic beasts and we have too many beasts now like yeah. like it almost makes me wonder if the next movie is even going to have fantastic beasts in the title or maybe they're going to call it something else i mean it's a long title as it is so you can't right. really add two on the end of it it's kind of crazy so makes me wonder yeah are they leading somewhere to some sort of climax or are they just going to going to tell these one-off stories i don't think i necessarily need this movie to wind into any sort of uh, harry potter connection i like the idea that it's in america and mm-hmm. it's kind of separated so um we'll have to see but johnny depp he's a big cast you know i saw that uh that pirates of the caribbean trailer before doctor strange and they're still pouring disney is still pouring money into johnny depp so it looks like warner brothers wants to do the same yeah yeah i mean maybe he's just going to be like I'm, I'm really hoping it's a, a Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean crossover, and and that's what it is. Like they're, they're getting it. that would that would be pretty cool, actually. I mean, there is there is magic in pirates, so holy crap, that crossed over. Someone yeah. start writing it. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, the fan fiction is probably already out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my my theory would be be this Grindelwald character, and um, definitely. You know, again, they're not leading. There's going to be no more Fantastic Beast movie. They're going to rename them and lead into this Wizarding War. Um, but they have to build it up somehow. I don't know. Well, you hear, the well, character you hear it here first. That's Chris's theory. Well, the only reason I say this is also Grindelwald has been mentioned in all the synopsis recently, and um, even in some of the the TV spots. But he is not cast in the first movie at all. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Theory, theory. Who knows? Um, the film should start production in January. So hopefully, we'll know by January who he's playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Yates, the director of Fantastic Beasts, and I think the last four Harry Potter movies, is returning. Yeah, that's fine. We can we can trust David Yates. He's he's yeah. done a good job. He hasn't messed up too bad yet. <laughs> Haven't fucked up yet, David. We still trust you. Yeah, we're you're you're not on thin ice. We'll give you that. <laughs> Uh, but on top of that, uh, speaking of these books coming to life, this will be the third one in a row here, uh, Netflix has debuted a series of unfortunate events, uh, Count Olaf teaser. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch this or not. but um, I mean, I, I did. I don't really have much to say on it just because this wasn't a story or a book I read growing up. And I even asked my wife if she read it at all. You know, she was a big uh, – she's a big reader, way more than I am for sure. And she hadn't really read them either. So we don't really have much connecting us to it. But we do like Neil Patrick Harris and uh, we love Netflix. And so if they're bringing this series – We'll probably watch it, so I don't. Yeah, I don't really have much to say, but the the trailer looked pretty cool. I mean, Netflix yeah. budget's working out pretty well for him. Yeah, I remember watching the movie and kind of being disappointed um, in it. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, right? Yeah, he he was he was a good actor, but they they pushed a bunch of of those. There's seven books, I think, or thirteen books. They shoved them into like um, half of them into the movie. Oh wow! So they kind of ran through several of the movie uh, the books really quickly in the movie. Um, so in this serialized, you know, TV series, 
you know, if there's 13 books, 13 episodes, one them per book, it may come off a little better than, yeah. than trying to shove it all together. Um, the characters actually look, the, the children characters look exactly like the um, film characters. Like, <laughs> all right. You can almost like, this girl, whoever she is, looks like uh, Emily Browning, who was, who was the, the actress in the first one, who went on to do Sucker Punch and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, you know, Neil Patrick Harris looks awesome. He looks like he's having fun. It's a very stylized show. I'll, uh, I'll my my wife, you know, teaches fourth graders and or fifth graders, and I think this is a, a that age book series. So Neil, um, Neil Patrick Harris, man, I'll show up for Neil Patrick Harris. That's right. So we'll have to check that out when it gets there. Maybe I'll watch Stranger Things by then. Who knows? Yeah, please, please. <laughs> we need to talk Every, about it. Everyone's begging me to. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. But something else kind of a little, I don't know, this might be a little sadder, Mike. Um, the Flash movie, the director, Rick Fumiawa, Yua, has left the film. Okay, so I've had a, I've had a little bit, uh, a while to think about this. And I, I, think we're, I think we're seeing this stuff happen with our superhero movies for two reasons. Reason number one is Warner Brothers and DC, they need to claim these movie dates way ahead of a time. They want to build up hype. They want to own that weekend. They don't want to have to compete. We've already seen how Batman and Superman moved itself around so it didn't have to compete with Civil War, which probably was a smart idea on their end. So I think they just have to announce these movies so far ahead of time and they try to attach these directors to them. And, you know, we're not seeing this movie even, like, start to shoot, you know, for a while, you know, relatively speaking. So when these directors drop out or things change, we're just like, whoa, whoa, that's that's dangerous. That's big news. What's going on? And it's just like, well, there's probably other movies out there that don't get this much media attention that probably changes directors and we don't even know about it. So I think that's mm-hmm. one side to it that that's kind of like the grain of salt that you need to add to this type of news. But also you got the other side of where Warner Brothers has been wishy-washy on a lot of these movies coming forward. So yeah, losing a director, I mean, hell, if you lose like maybe something else, you know, it's a little bit different, maybe even uh, a small casting announcement, you know. But yeah, losing your director, is that, that's your captain of the ship, you know. That's That makes me wonder like why, why he left. Was it creative differences? Was another project came it- along? The reports are creative differences. Um, mm-hmm. That he wanted to have more edge in the movie, and that clashed with the studio's take mm-hmm. on on the character. Um, but um, he he was only attached to the movie for four months, so I, I'm gonna. I don't think your first theory has any effect on this one, uh-huh. uh, because he wasn't. You know, when they announced the movie, they didn't cast him or hire him right away. But after four months, I mean, I don't know. He did cast. Um, Kiersey Clemens and Billy Crudup in important roles, which I don't think we've confirmed either one, one at least one of them yet. The next one we'll talk about uh, later. But um, so this is this is actually something I think I want to I want to move up in the notes. You know, usually you're you're the one hot swapping on these notes, yeah. but I think I think these this Exodus thing kind of coming up. I'd like to. I'd like to loop into this bigger conversation that I actually do want to bring up now, where we have a uh, junkie XL uh, leaving okay. to not to not score the film of Deadpool. So you know, we're, and we, we also talked about you know Tim Miller. Uh, that's his name, right? Yes, uh, Tim Miller was the director. Deadpool, yeah, how he left, and it sounds like Junkie XL left uh, Deadpool because Tim Miller left as well. So we have lots of these superhero movies out there, kind of. Uh, losing people due to creative direction. Actually, I saw something really interesting that this conversation is starting to crop up and I think we're going to see it more and more. 
uh, where um, are the, the are these directors? Should they be playing ball or not? You know, should they be trying to match this vision of this franchise that they're trying to create? And I think I think the the first thing that people want to jump on is say, of course, uh, they need to they need to be independent. They need to be themselves and make the vision that they want to make. But at the same time, you're building a very big, expensive franchise. It's kind of you start to think maybe people like Kevin Feige and these people overseeing these projects, maybe they're more like TV showrunners. This is not an original thought for me. I'm just kind of saying what I've heard on um, the Internet last week. And it really struck a chord with me. I mean, it's really, really true. When you're making a TV show that is multiple episodes, multiple seasons, someone needs to be at the top of all of this and making sure all of it goes down the same path. Mm-hmm. Especially on like a TV show, you're not always going to have the same director same writers you know season to season someone needs to be taking control of all of these things together and i think it's really analogous to when you're looking at the marvel universe as well you have a lot of these movies that all interconnect you can't just bring i mean unfortunately we all wanted that edgar wright ant-man movie but if edgar wright comes in and wants to do something that's just not going to fit in with the phases of the movie it sucks we didn't get that movie but at the same time kevin feige is like the showrunner for these films he is in charge of making sure this fits a grand vision now sometimes we might not be getting the edge that we want with our movies but that's I mean, that's not really what they care about necessarily, whether it's good or bad. They want to make sure this fits in one continuous universe. So mm-hmm. when you get people like um, this, uh, this uh, Rick Fama, Famiua, 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 when you we're get butchering this, guy, this, we're butchering yeah, this. When you get him leaving the Flash and you get Tim Miller leaving Deadpool, citing creative differences. I mean, it it sucks. It sucks that they couldn't play ball and i don't blame them for wanting to leave but you know i think if they're leaving it shouldn't be under any sort of duress you know it just they Mm -hmm. didn't fit the vision i mean there's plenty of other projects that they can go out there and and work on you know if they were if they were important enough to work on a big movie like that so it's just kind of a weird conversation it could go it you could be on any side of it and debate it really really well but i think when you're looking at these big franchises going in the future we might be seeing this happen more and more often you know oh you want to see you want to see Guillermo del Toro do a Justice League dark movie? I want to see it too, but maybe that doesn't fit with the people over there at Warner Brothers making the decision. So we might have to just get used to seeing uh, this happen. Maybe. I don't know. Well, so my thing is um, Tim Miller never signed on to Deadpool 2, so he technically never left. So before we blow that out of proportion, he just didn't. He just didn't. He just didn't. He just chose not to, to come back, and, I, and wow. that I understand. But he's also working on a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which what? that's yeah, that, that's his next project. So he took a oh, huge man. step okay. down. Um, okay, all right. But ju- well, but okay. Junkie XL did say he is not going because Tim Miller is not. And um, but I, you know, honestly, I don't. I think I don't know. You know, we've had composers leave. Uh, someone originally left Doctor Strange, and I think what we got was actually probably, you know, just as good, if not better, than what we could have gotten. So, um, these these swaps aren't always bad things, like Mike said. Yeah. And uh, we're we're neither for them or against them, unless you know, it's like this Gambit movie that'll never happen. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but Doug Liman to... has gone on yeah. to do better things. Yeah, feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about this whole showrunner analogous thing. Do you think uh, these bigger franchises that are worth billions of dollars should be steered by one person, or do you think these directors should just kind of come in and do their own thing and just hope everything fits together really, really well? Uh, Let us know. I'd be curious what other people think. 
Yeah, I, I definitely. Yeah, let us know um, if you know any other movies that someone lost and it got worse. X Men Three, I think, is an, a prime example of when they lost um, uh, uh, Brian Singer and, mm-hmm. and somebody stepped in there. But yeah, it goes but it goes both ways. Uh, but I thought you were actually going to bring up Justice League um, instead of uh, uh, Deadpool Two because uh, the character cast by Rick Famuyiwa, Kirstie Clemens, <laughs> is um, Iris West in the movie universe. And okay. she will cameo in Justice League because she's already been cast. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's cool. But we've also got some great big news for Justice League with uh, the actor Sierra Hines to play the character Steppenwolf. Whoa. So uh, a, fe- a female casting for this no. character. No, it's not. It's a guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I probably should have uh, Googled here first because I had no idea who this dude was. Looks like he's a... Uh... Um, he's an, Game of Ir- an Irish Irishman, possibly. Uh, maybe he's been in Game of Thrones. Um, oh he was, yeah, he looks familiar now. He's in he, Harry um, Potter. He's in Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance as uh, the devil. Or oh one of yes, the- Spirit of Vengeance. That's where we all know <laughs> know him from. But uh, yeah. yeah, he definitely looks. I, I I think I remember the Game of Thrones episode this guy was in. Yeah, but, so um, it's going to be motion capture and CG. So like, uh, it's not just you know him voicing it he's gonna play the character as well so a little mm. bit so that's cool i mean um i guess you know you need a someone who can portray that it, character it, sure. yeah it's kind of like the josh brolin um um uh casting for uh, thanos you know you're kind of looking for just the voice and maybe the stature for motion capture so uh, yeah not surprising yeah, I think I think he's got the look and like once you know see him and know him you're like okay yeah he could be a villain Mm-hmm. in a comic book movie and totally play it off. So that's good. That's cool. Um, big rumor also going around right now is the Batman script is in trouble, Mike. Ooh, what kind of trouble? So um, that is just a hot mess. Like, it is <laughs> It is not where, like, people, the studio executives have said this movie is going to make money regardless and have just approved everything on it and the script is just all out um, Oh no, out who's of, in- out of trouble. Who's in charge of the script? Is Affleck writing it, or is Affleck getting getting the pages from another writer and just approving the badness? Or what's going? I, who? Where did this rumor start? Who's at? What PA got a hold of the script and read it and didn't like it? So the the author of American Psycho, Brett Ellis, has said he has been told from Hollywood executives that the the the, the script has serious troubles, and Warner Brothers just doesn't care. Oh jeez, was, was his exact thing. Um. So I don't know. I mean, we can take it with a grain of salt. He's also he's been backtracking on this statement this week as well. But I mean, if you if Warner Brothers heard that their biggest movie, I think other than Justice League, was getting some bad press, they might be like, okay, you need to take it yeah. back, or we're gonna do that. But um, you know, I don't know. It, it comes as a surprise because you know we've got Jeff Johns and Affleck working on the script. And the film's pretty early in development, so it could maybe just be a rumor. It could he may have misheard it, misinterpreted it. Yeah, it could be okay, but that is a rumor going around right now, which has been caught up by a lot of a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, you just heard me a couple minutes ago talking about this whole uh, uh, showrunner uh, thing with uh, studios trying to write the ship. If you, this is the situation where if you have Ben Affleck, you put him in charge. If he's going to be directing this Batman movie, I don't, I don't know what his opinion is on the script because obviously we haven't really heard anything yet. But if Ben Affleck picks up the script, whether he, if he doesn't like it or if he does like it, you listen to him because he, he knows how to make a fucking movie. So if he doesn't mm-hmm. like the script, you listen to him. You give him the money that he needs 
needs to, to write a new one or needs more time. Warner Brothers desperately needs a solid right. out of bounds hit that knock out of whatever analogy, whatever sports analogy that I can attribute to a, a superhero movie they need. So, um, well, I wonder, I mean, Wonder Woman's next to come out. I hope that ends up being it, but they can't, they, they can, they cannot afford a bad Batman movie. Right. So, well, so we don't have a release date for the Batman. That's a bonus. Mm-hmm. So if they need to fix it, they have the time. They haven't given us a date. Um, the account says there are 30 things wrong with it that they can fix. And the executive said they don't care because they're going to make money so far around the globe. They don't care now, (laughs) but in the summer, Ben Affleck said he wasn't done with the script yet. He wasn't okay with it. So I think there is going to be time and effort and money put into it. So I think we're going to get a good Batman movie regardless of this rumor and no matter what they saw. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't, I, I believe in the Batman, Mike, do you? (laughs) I believe in the Batman. He there is the go. gold. He I, is the knight. I, I also believe in Ben Affleck. Believe it or not. <laughs> so there we go. We'll take it. Have you seen the Lego Batman movie trailer that came out this week? Yes, it is hilarious. I love it. This makes me excited for for a Batman movie. <laughs> yes. So we kind of have a lull next. Uh, I guess spring. Uh, the the February month. I'm like, what are we going to watch in February, Mike? We don't have our R-rated film coming out that we know about. <laughs> Um, but Lego Batman comes out February 10th, 2017, and this trailer just solidifies it. We got a little more Robin in this and how goofy his sidekick character is. Mm-hmm. And Batman's like, oh, yeah, I have a Robin kind of character. Um, he make he, They make fun of um, Batman v Superman in, in a mm-hmm. moment. He's like, Superman's my biggest villain, except he's not a bad guy. And the Joker, I think he cries at one point. Like, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's the Lego humor we've come to love out of the last movie yeah. and... The the great the great thing that's going to be about this movie is first of all Lego is the perfect medium for parody. I'm really looking forward to this expanded Lego universe where maybe we get like I don't know maybe a like I don't maybe like a Lord of the Rings type mm-hmm. fantasy Lego movie that would be awesome. Maybe they paired up with a couple other fantasy fantasy franchises. I think that would be amazing. But the awesome thing about this also is we're getting a pretty grounded Batman story. I mean it will be comedy based, but uh, do you think we would ever see a full, a big tentpole Batman summer movie where he's trying to uh, adjust to life by himself and trying to raise Robin to be a sidekick? We would never get that because the stakes aren't big enough. So it's going to be kind of cool watching a Batman movie with smaller stakes, a little bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. It's good. It looks like it's going to be hilarious. So I, I'm totally on board with this. I, I mean, I, I don't want to call it just yet, just because 2017 has got a lot of good stuff in it, but. Lego Batman could be my favorite comic book movie next year. It could be, unless, I mean, we've got three Marvel movies and two DC movies, including our new trailer for Wonder Woman. Ooh, nice segue. Yes, the new trailer for the first official trailer for Wonder Woman has released this week, Mike. Coming out June 2nd, 2017, our first trailer, not the Comic-Con teaser that they gave us earlier this year, but the Mm -hmm. first one. We gotta see it. I've been having conversations with people online about this movie. Um, because I think it looks a little over-stylized. Um, I'm excited for this. This looks like, it, it, again, this actually it matches the tone of World War One. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got a, it, This is more of the story going on here. It's a flashback to her coming to meet people who aren't on her Amazonian island. And um, But there are times, there's a lot of bullet time moments in this trailer that I felt 
I hope are not overused in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's not the first time I've I've heard that. It looks like well, it's just because this trailer we we don't get a whole. I mean, we get about half of the trailer is new. A lot mm. of the other shots and scenes were from that Comic Con trailer, so we're kind of um, we're kind of used to the the vibe that we're going in here with. We even got the same type of ending where that one um, that one f- other female character that's kind of a funny uh, her her uh, casting looks familiar. I can't remember the actor's name, but she kind of makes another joke about um how she really likes uh gal gadot uh playing mm-hmm. wonder woman you know being uh, fun no oh, you get to kick guys butts i'd be okay with that so the trailer even ends a similar way but but anyway uh the stuff that was added is kind of more like you said bullet time slow-mo stuff which looks really cool but maybe i mean maybe we're they're just giving us all the goods right up front maybe all the other slow-mo stuff is not going to be in the movie and it's just we just saw all the slow-mo right there who knows um, it looks cool. There were some cool shots. We got to see Amazonia a little uh-huh. bit more. Some beautiful shots of that plane crashing the, at the beginning. Themyseria, the not Amazonia. Oh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've never read a Wonder Woman comic. It's all I've right. only the, seen. I've seen her in the Justice League, <laughs> the cartoon show. No, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. No, it's uh. Yeah, we get to see the island. We get to see um. You know, the, some of the war taking place. Um, some of her fight scenes. I, I think you know, it, it, there's there's humor in this, and it looks good. And I want to know more about the story, but I am, um, I just hope they don't overuse again. Like I said, the bullet time effects. Yeah, the because World War I, One setting looks looks great. It does. I've been playing the game Battlefield One, which is set in World War One, and I guess mm. World War One is so hot right now, man. <laughs> that's that's what you want to be be a part of. But it, it gives me that Captain America vibe, and it's very authentic vibe. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll take it. I am. I'm totally cool with it, and uh, I'm ready to 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 get into to Wonder Woman later. later oh, yeah. next year. Yeah, so, man, we're we're all pulling for you, Wonder Woman. We're pulling for we're pulling for Warner Brothers. We're pulling for DC. Pulling for Wonder Woman. We don't want bad superhero movies. <laughs> that's right. We just we, we got to hold them all to the same standards. We can't just let it go because we saw our favorite character in them. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have any reviews or thoughts on the Wonder Woman trailer, let us know uh, on Facebook, email, Twitter, whatever you want to do. I'm I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Bad news for some of our fans, slash good news? The Dark Tower has been delayed from February 2017. We will not get to watch it this February, Mike. Um, but it has been pushed to summer 2017 release. I mean, that is that is usually good news. I, it's bad news if it goes the other direction. Yes. You know, I think that's kind of what happened to um, Jupiter Ascending. I think it was going to be summer, and then it got pushed to like January or February or something like that, but... Um, that's good. I guess that means the studio is just like, hey, this is shipping up pretty good. Let's move this into the summer and let get those. Uh, let's get mm-hmm. that summer box office. So that's good. That means they got faith in the movie. So we don't know a whole much about much about this series, but you know, when it pops up, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, the trailer was leaked. I think a couple weeks ago. I downloaded a copy. If anybody wants to see that, uh, you cannot find the trailer anywhere else. But um, it sounds like they're really excited for it, and probably the feedback they got from the leaked trailer is may, might be some of that. But um, that opens up February for the Batman Lego Batman for me. Yay! <laughs> uh, we talked about this earlier, but uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is a movie in production by Tim Miller. Um, so he's working on. To my shock and surprise, you dropped that earlier in the show like I knew. <laughs> yeah, so I, I – well, I, I didn't – when I moved stuff around in the show notes, Mike, I didn't see. I had two things. Oh, tied in, see, yeah. I, I put you on the spot and things got confusing. But that's okay because in the meantime, I've got – since the show started recording, they've confirmed Deadpool 2 will start filming in January. So oh. 
Tim Miller well, or not. There you go. <laughs> they're moving forward with it. So, uh, well, I mean, if, if Tim Miller's going to be helming this Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which is the news here, I mean, I assume this is going to be uh, animated, right? It's an so, animated movie. I assume so. Tim Miller got his background doing CG work and cutscenes and video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think his CG company did most of the Deadpool work. Uh, so I assume he will just be following up on the stuff that he knows how to do and, and just keep going with CG stuff. So mm-hmm. um, not much of a stretch for me. Yeah. I mean, I, Sonic the Hedgehog, I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, uh, the, the the video games have sucked in the, in the recent years, but I remember watching the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons growing up, and that was always pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. hey, maybe if Sonic, you know, is successful at the box office, maybe we might get that Mario movie that's been rumored forever. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Mario ha- had its chance, uh, and it got shot, which I, this is a chance for me to plug my other podcast, Film Side Chats, because last week's episode was based on video game movies. And why they okay. suck. And this week we spent probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes talking about why Sonic the Hedgehog won't work. So, <laughs> um, uh, well, over here at Superhero Slate, I'm slightly more optimistic. Uh, but we'll have to see. Yeah, this definitely. Is, maybe this is the video game movie that we need. <laughs> uh, we're just going to move on. Uh, <laughs> to Alien Covenant. My gosh, I love Ooh, having Alien wow. news for you. I it's never an, would have thought that one Prometheus movie would be coming at me every week in the news. Look, dude, you, you, we got to have one gimmick, okay? And now that Turtles is out and about, and we're probably not getting a third one. Oh, don't say alien. that. I want a third one. Well, what you want, what studios want it are different, money. apparently. It made money. Mm. I just got to write China a letter, tell them to finance a third one. Well, either way, this might be better news. Alien Covenant Michael Fassbender will be playing two roles in the movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> he, he playing the original David from Prometheus, but also uh, a robot, Walter, another version based on that model. Why so, not? Sure. Throw another robot in there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yep. If he, I think it's supposed to be maybe a flashback or an upgraded model that comes in contact with him. Um, the rumor is David has been experimenting on life. We talked about that last week on this alien planet. And Walter is more like, we shouldn't do that. We're robots. So I don't know. I like Michael Fassbender. He makes every movie better. So, uh, we'll do that. But if you don't have alien news, you know what you have? You have predator news. Oh, we're side by side, right where they belong. Exactly. Olivia Munn joins the cast, and um, apparently, it's not this movie is not going to be like Predator Two, like the concrete jungle kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I don't know where it's going to go. We don't know anything. But Olivia Munn was good as Psylocke. At least she looked the part in Apocalypse. Yeah, it didn't have many lines, but maybe uh, Olivia Munn's kind of directing her career a little bit like Scarlett Johansson where she's kind of the badass action chick, mm-hmm. so maybe Olivia Munn wants to follow that role, which I think is fine. I mean, I don't hate Olivia Munn. I think she's a little better in roles where she kind of gets more witty dialogue. You know, I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to take her seriously. I think it's just because I, I grew. You know, I, I don't want to say grew up, but you know, back in the day, you know, she was on Attack of the Show on G Four. You know, she's always been the funny, goofy type. So, uh, so she's an actress. We've actually got to see progress her career in our yeah, timeline. So, so, so I mean, if she, I mean, that would be if she wants to get all um, just like scarred and mudded up with some tactical gear and a gun, shooting shit. I'd be, I'd be on board with that. Mike's on board. There we go. You heard it. Predator reboot. Mike's next yeah. favorite movie after Alien <laughs> Covenant. I don't, I, can I can I say something here? Go I've ahead. never seen any Predator movie. 
Well, seeing that as there's five of them out there now, I've never seen a single predator. Huh. I mean, I under I understand what they are, what makes them function, why people like them. I'm not saying it's not for me. I just haven't gotten around to seeing them. You know, I think when that I mean, Predator. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is a is a graphic rated R action movie, right? Uh, I believe so. Um, the yeah, they're rated R. The original one was rated R, and I think all the other ones were too. Yeah, I mean, when that movie came out, I was a little, I was a kid. My parents didn't want me to watch you, that, you so I just never. Never it was 87, Mike. It. You weren't born yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I never got around to watching that movie. Sounds like something I should I should be doing, though. So I will tell you, of all the Predator movies, the first one is good. You will okay. enjoy the first one. Um, and uh, the the re- the reboot in 2010 is probably not worth your time, but you can watch the Alien vs. Predators uh, for some popcorn flicks, something you can put on and not really pay attention. So, cool. Uh, that'd be it. Uh, some other kind of... I'm going to mark this as a disappointing news, Mike, to be honest with you. <laughs> the Power Rangers Megazord has been revealed from a Toys yeah. R Us leak. I saw it. It looks like shit. <laughs> what the hell am I looking at, man? Yeah, it's bad. I, it's, I mean, it's hard to say because you are just going off the look of a toy here. I mean, I was positive. I was optimistic from that first trailer that we got. But if this is what the Zord ends up looking like, this is stupid. This just looks like a... It looks kind of like a cyborg or something. A Zord mm-hmm. is supposed to be almost like a mashed together robot, you know, kind of uh, Voltron style. So, like, I was kind of hoping we could see, like, more of the components. I don't know so, what animal is connected to what. Like, this is dumb. So, yeah, we, so we've not seen too much of the animals, just like their shoulders. But you yeah. can definitely see where they're, they've mixed. Oh, it's got the, of course, when we see the original Megazord, very blocky, very robotic 80s. But you know where each part goes, like you said. In this yeah. one, you can see they they falsely attempted to merge these together because yeah, it, there's the pink on the head, red shoulders, yellow body, blue feet, black mm, torso. It just looks like a weird kind of like cyborg, almost like a trans like a transformer from Cybertron mm-hmm. before it assimilates with a car or something. Yeah, right. This is dumb. I don't like it. I'm not on board with it. Power yeah, Rangers, is, you drop the ball on this one. Yeah, like you, there's when you reboot something and you want to update it and modernize it, you can go way too far left, and they oh, went yeah. way too far left on this. They one, didn't so. have to go anywhere. I mean, Saturday morning cartoons with those giant robots on my TV screen looked cool with that that cheap ass like J- Japanese budget from where the show originally came from. I mm-hmm. would have loved to see like a hundred and fifty million dollar budget thrown into a Zord that actually looked cool. This is dumb. Let's move on. I'm, it makes me mad. Oh man, <laughs> Mike's mad. This is broccoli esteemed. But in that in the same realm of Power Rangers and Zords, the Voltron live action film is in works from the Watchmen writer David Hayter. Oh uh, I'm a little bit more positive about Voltron just because they rebooted Voltron on Netflix mm-hmm. earlier this year, I believe. I only caught the very first episode of the Netflix series um, because the first episode is like a mini movie. I think it's like two episodes combined. So you, you got to sit down and give yourself like an hour or so to get through the first episode of Voltron. But I saw a lot of people really uh, connect with that with that animated that new animated show and you know i like the voice casting the characters seem pretty cool so uh and i hear it's getting a second season too so the voltron yeah the voltron animated show on netflix uh go give it a shot go watch it it definitely shows that voltron can be updated to the uh to 2016 well so yeah if if they're gonna make a live action out of it maybe maybe this is where we're going in the future giant giant robots i mean pacific rim was awesome maybe voltron will be awesome too it's that it's nostalgia mike those member berries are getting (laughs) as long as it looks better than that fucking megazord man (laughs) yeah it does (laughs) so i think voltron is only 11 episodes on netflix 
Um, and the second season is already, they've already premiered a couple episodes. I think San, uh, New York Comic Con, they premiered. Oh, um, cool. Or in a San Diego, yeah, New York, they premiered at San Diego. They announced it. So I think they made a whole season of like 22 episodes and have just like released them as like in bunches as they're done. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, well um, usually those animated shows are constantly in production. Yeah. So it wouldn't but, surprise me. But that's cool. Um, um, people, people like Voltron and it's getting good stuff. So there you go. Yeah. Um, that's it for our news, man. We, we've got Ooh. another show to wrap up, um, at, right after this. So, mm-hmm. um, let's just, let's, let's just get through this. Let's do it, Mike. Where can they find you at? Cause you're, you're doing, you did three comics last week. Is that right? Three? Yeah. I, I've made, I've made some more posts recently. I'm, I'm getting some a little bit more free time. So I get to dump into my art a little bit more, but yeah, you can follow me at Mike Royer design on Twitter and Instagram. And you can, uh, read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Oh, and I wanted to give a little shout out to this uh, Cartoon Network pilot that's on the Cartoon Network YouTube channel called Infinity Train from the this guy Dennis Owens who worked on the regular show on Cartoon Network. Yeah. So he's got his own little pilot going up. I think uh, I think if it gets enough views and people like it enough, they'll turn it into a full season. But yeah, it's really cool. It's like eight minutes. It's an eight minute pilot animated show up on Cartoon Network's uh, YouTube page. Uh, yeah, go give it a watch. It was really fun. It was really cool. I did some fan art. Uh, for it because I thought it was uh, that I, cool. So I saw the first preview for it today, I believe. So um, it, it, the hype starts definitely building on the Infinity Train. Yeah, it was cool. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Chris, people want to know what you're getting hyped about because uh, we know you're hyped about pop, about the pop. So about if they pop, want to <laughs> pop, 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 where can they follow you? <laughs> uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, you can also listen to my other show, Film Side Chats, where I often, I reference this show way more than I should. And, uh, because we, despite the fact I tried not to bring comic books into my regular film conversations, um, it just tends to be that way. And uh, my co-host over there, Patrick, knows it. So we get we get to talk about this show a lot over there too. And um, you can read stuff on comicui.com. So I'm all over the place. Not not as not as artsy as Mike over there, but uh, definitely doing that that kind of thing. And oh, I started watching the show Black Mirror this week, so I'm interested oh, to see how that goes. Oh yeah, we we're trying to get into that soon too. We've heard lots of awesome stuff. Yeah, so um, in the meantime, people listen to us now, but we have another episode we're about to record. Where can they listen to that at? Well, bam, if you want to see that spoiler cast for Doctor Strange pop up in your feed, you need to go subscribe to us, and you can visit SuperheroSlate.com, and that is the best place to find all the avenues that we post a show. We're on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. Subscribe and get us right in your email inbox, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you're a fan of the show, uh, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to the show. It's really helpful. helps us uh, find some uh, new earlobes that we can populate with uh, some earbuds. And if you're a super fan of the show, just share Share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we will be here mm-hmm. every week to give you all the superhero news that you need. But now we are getting the fudge out of here because yes. we got to go record the spoiler cast. It's technically, we're not going anywhere. We're just stopping yeah. this recording and recording this. So <laughs> it's a little strange. No, we have oh, to go to a whole other studio that's set up for the spoiler <laughs> cast. We need all new equipment for this type of conversation. That's right. The spoiler cast gets special gear. We only use it <laughs> once a month, probably. But all right. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Do you think this full-body drink could have an out-of-body experience?